You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, guys. Welcome to The Perth Property Show and welcome to our first episode of 2024. Who would have thought our first episodes were in 2018? It's now 2024 and we follow the story of Perth's rising property market ever since. So as usual, today's episode will be a forecast of mine on some of the trends I expect to see in 2024, as well as my top 10 suburb picks for the year. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, let's get into it. So when it comes to themes for Perth's property market, I want to look back at the equivalent episode for 2023. And the theme that I provided everyone was one of affordability. And I have to say, I'm pretty proud we got that spot on. Affordability really drove the market in two specific ways. Firstly, it's led the whole country to look at Perth as a viable and incentivized option for property investment, also to relocate your family and live as an owner-occupier. But on the other side of the coin, it has really shaped the way that growth has occurred in the Perth market over the last 12 months. What we saw really was a bit of a two-speed market in Western Australia, where essentially every property under $800,000 saw what I would characterize as $100,000 increase in values. Doesn't matter whether you were at $300,000, you're now $400,000 or $600,000, you're now $700,000. We've seen that real compression from the bottom up in the market where there really isn't a lot of differentiation between the price points and the rental values, to be frank, of properties in the lower quartile and the third quartile in Western Australia. And therefore, that's where we've seen the growth. And therefore, that's where we've seen the growth. In contrast, properties above the 800, possibly to a million dollar mark, we saw a lot less growth. Below the $800,000 mark, really everything went up 15 to 25%. It ran in a similar way to 2022 in a lot of suburbs, but really broadened out. However, above that price point, we've seen suburbs stagnate at nearly 0% growth and max out at maybe 7 or 8% growth for everything in the second quartile of property prices in WA. So what does that mean for 2024 when we have a much more compressed market and much less delineation about what suburbs are worth between different suburbs in terms of price points and also a lot less delineation between suburbs in terms of rental values. Gone are the days where we are renting based on location. We're simply renting based on the amenity of the house itself. Is there a roof over my head? How big is that roof? For the first time in a long time, we're seeing suburbs with a lower median house price often providing rental prices higher than suburbs with a higher median house price because the house component of the value of the properties in those suburbs is actually bigger than the house component of, let's say, an older suburb with an old 3 by one from the 70s where the land value is the component making up most of the overall value, if that makes sense. So how does that roll into this year, 2024? Well, to look forward, we have to be able to understand our context and we do this a lot on the podcast. I do it on 6PR and Channel 9 often as well. Let's look at our key fundamentals, demand and supply. On the demand side, you don't have a transaction without demand. We are still continually seeing, and this is three and a half years running now, transaction numbers on a weekly basis sitting between 900 and 1,000 transactions. There's a little bit of seasonality between winter and summer, but generally the average is sitting above 900 transactions a week. To give us context, the average weekly transaction number in the mining boom 10 years ago was about 800 properties. So this is fabled as the best time we've seen in Perth's property market a decade ago, when that saw 800 properties being demanded a week. 
We're at 900 to 1,000. Now, as a modulator of that, let's also look at the days on market statistic. Back in 2019, it was taking about two months to sell a property on average. Now, it's taking two weeks. And there are suburbs on the list of my top 10 picks today where it's actually sitting at or below a week to transact a property. That is insanity. So, what we know at the moment is demand is as tight as it has ever been. Statistically, empirically, at any point in time in my lifetime, 33 years ago, the population of Western Australia was half. We have never seen days on market this tight. We have never seen the rental vacancy rate sitting at 0.3% right now, ever this tight. And we've never seen the amount of properties being purchased this numerous before. Let's look at the supply side. And there's really only one number that matters in the supply side on a weekly basis. That is the amount of properties for sale at any one point in time. That number is currently sitting at 4,500 properties. And it's important to pause here for a second because a year ago, I referenced that that number was 8,100 properties. I didn't think it could drop much further than that. And even I am surprised that we are sitting not only below 5,000 properties, but all the way down to 4,500 properties. What that means is that every week when we are demanding 900 to 1,000 properties, we're only bringing seven to 800 properties back onto the market. And this has been the case for five years straight now. Five years ago, the amount of properties on the market was 17,000. A balanced market is about 12 to 13,000 where we don't really see growth across the Perth market. We've been seeing growth in prices ever since we drop below that number. Now, the secondary point of supply, which is important to reference, is one we've been speaking about quite a bit in the last couple of years, and that is the amount of supply coming on in the market through new construction. That number historically is sat around 20,000 homes a year. For the last four years, we've been building about 14,000. And with the population growth we've had, we need about 25,000, at least 25,000 homes. So every year at the moment, we're about 10,000 houses, give or take, short, and we are at capacity in the house and land space. That delta, that gap needs to be filled by the infill, by the high-rise apartment market. And unfortunately, what we know is that the feasibility, the profit and loss study sitting there with the developers who would like to move ahead, don't get me wrong, they'd love to get these things moving, not only shows no profit, it shows a loss. If they were to build these buildings, they would actually lose money at the prices the market is currently paying per square meter for apartments. That's on average. Obviously, you'll have a few here and there that get up. But what we know from Michael McGowan about a month ago on the podcast is that only 160 apartments have been commissioned in the last 12 months. We need about 10,000. So what that shows moving into 2024 is a market that is as in demand as ever both from the local market who are struggling to actually get in in the first place and the international interstate market and a market that also is as undersupplied as ever with the least capacity to solve that issue as we've ever had in the last 40 years. So what is the outcome when a real asset has more demand than usual and less supply than usual and no forecast to be able to increase supply to meet demand? The price of that asset must go up. Now, that's fantastic to know. If you've been listening to this podcast, you would know that that's been my view and my observation for the last few years now, and it's been coming true. But there's clearly a variability across the suburbs. Each suburb is competing with each other for our demand in order to win the battle of price growth. And that's essentially what sets us apart over the years is our decisioning in Western Australia as to where and when we buy a property and at what price. 
So today's episode is my 2024 top 10 pick, which is obviously quite nominal, quite subjective, and will be variable at a street-by-street level. But simply from the statistics I'm looking at today and my qualitative review of where people are interested, where projects are happening, where amenity is increasing, and where gentrification is occurring, this is my list of suburbs that I believe will be popping in Western Australia in 2024. So I'll start with number 10 and work my way back to number one. Number 10 on the list is Willoughby. Willoughby is a suburb in between Cardinia and Melville along Leach Highway south of the river. Historically characterized as a suburb with a high density of homes, West Homes, state housing homes, and correlated as well with a lot of crime back in the day, a lot of break-ins, a lot of drug use over the years. That has gentrified massively over the last decade as the suburb was rezoned for infill. And with that, we've seen a real sweep out of the junk in Willoughby and a new guard of young families of people looking to build fantastic family homes as well as a lot of triplex, quadruplex townhouse development as well. The reason we're seeing people come in here is as a suburb has a ripple effect from suburbs such as Melville and Myeree where prices shot way over the budget of most people. People start to look at Willoughby now and it's a really a price point thing and a lot of new product that is helping that move along. Interesting to note that the median house price is now $725,000. Four years ago, most properties were selling for just over $500,000 in Willoughby. The rental growth in the last year is 16%. What is really piquing my interest is that there are only four properties on the market in Willoughby. Clearly a lot of demand, no one wanting to leave. Therefore, properties that come to market in Willoughby only stay on for six days. That is one of the tightest numbers in Western Australia. That demonstrates the heat going into Willoughby right now. I've seen prices move in Willoughby dollar for dollar, property for property, around 50% in the last five years. And I don't expect it to change. People clearly see a lot of interest, a lot of value in this suburb. It's still way below the price of most properties in Melville. And it offers most of the same amenity, closeness to the freeway, closeness to Borogoon, closeness to Fremantle. So number 10, Willoughby is my pick. The type of property I'd be looking for if possible is a property on a full block with a house you can renovate and make the most of that. Those properties have gone from selling four years ago in the 500s to now new record being set in the high 800s very recently. Still value though, as these properties are all at least a duplex subdivision opportunity that you may want to look at as well. There's a bit of money there. And if you look at the triplex units that have come on four years ago, those triplex units were selling for 500 to 530 fifty thousand dollars four years ago they are now selling in the 700s with the nicer ones next to park selling in the eight hundred thousand dollars this is massive growth for the same product that we've seen come on in the last four years let's move now to my pick number nine it's the only one in the western suburbs it's one that i continue to see value in because it is continually below the square meter rate of most suburbs that would be seen as inferior to it it offers some of the best amenities in terms of closeness to the city, the least amount of traffic lights to get into the city, and its exposure to the river. It is Netherlands. Netherlands is quite a quiet suburb. Most of the properties there are R10. There are some townhouse properties in the first street block, north and south of Sterling Highway. We're going to eventually see that Woolworths and Audi pop up there around the Captain Sterling and Taylor Road IGA sites as well. That will start to bring some little bit more amenity to the suburb. Regardless, as I said, per square meter, this suburb is way lower than Shenton Park, Daglish, North Perth, Subiaco. And to me, it offers fantastic amenity if you are city facing and a great closeness, still 10 minutes maximum to the beach, as well as having Christchurch MLC not too far away for schools. Now, is my pick. Its median house price now sits at $2 million 
and again, only eight days on market. So there's a bit of pressure there. At the moment, I'd say there's a little bit of pressure on affordability for people aspiring to get into the suburb, but still it is far less expensive than Dalkeith, far less expensive than most properties in Claremont, Peppermint Grove, Mosman Park, Cottesloe, and offers most of the same amenities. So my pick of the suburb that is the most underpriced in that area is Nedlands. My next pick is based on its amenity, the train stations along the Armadale line all being upgraded as we know over the next couple of years. And most of these properties in this rather large suburb did receive quite a bit of a knock five years ago and I don't think they've recovered to the level they should. I believe we're going to see some gentrification in this area. The suburb is Cannington. Median house price is only $450,000. Rental growth of 11% last year and days on market, seven days. Now, there are 32 dwellings on the market at the moment. That might seem a little large, but Cannington is a large suburb. So if you can find some value in and around a walk score to Carousel or pick yourself up a development block closer to the train station, I think there'll be some value there in the future. My next pick number seven is Parkwood. Parkwood's median house price is $580,000. And for some of the borders, Willerton and Riverton, both suburbs in the Ross Moyne and Willerton Senior High School areas where house prices are substantially higher than $580,000. Parkwood really is value for that location. It's substantially cheaper than any of the suburbs around it and still sitting in a great senior high school catchment of Linwood Senior High School. Another thing that's going to affect Parkwood's value is Metronet, the Ranford Road train station, borders Parkwood and will add a lot of value to people looking to take the train and get into the city or move east towards the airport these days too. So Parkwood's one that I think really has a lot of pressure on it. It's had 17% rental growth in the last year. It takes only five days to sell a property in Parkwood and there are only seven dwellings on the market on realestate.com right now in Parkwood. It is a suburb that hasn't grown as much as it should have and I believe people are going to start looking at this suburb as value going forward. Okay, for number six, and this one's us moving right up to the top of Perth, we're in Quinn's Rock. Quinn's Rock takes only seven days to sell a property. There are only 11 dwellings on the market. It received 8.2% growth last year. Its median house price is $628,000. It's right at the top of Perth, near most of the newish land estates. But the value it offers is that being a suburb that was mainly built around the 80s, most of its houses are still quite large and there's a lot of renovation potential in this area with really the same amenity, if not better, than some of those land estates that are being developed around Eglinton, Alcamos, Yanship, these sort of places. Quinns Rock is mainly an owner-occupied suburb and I think that people should be having a real look for that area simply for the lifestyle. If you're going to be spending that sort of money on a house and land package on a quarter of the block size, why not have a look at Quinns? I think it's per square meter rate value is pretty exciting compared to what you're paying for most of the product around there. All right, let's get into the top five. In my top 10 picks of suburb price growth values in 2024 is Ocean Reef. Ocean Reef just ticked over the million dollar mark in terms of median house price in 2023. It received 9.2% of growth, so it's doing well. And the reason for that is we've got massive amenity upgrades happening with the Ocean Reef Marina going on right now. Hundreds of millions of dollars being spent by the government to essentially build another Hillary's. And we all know how important the marina at Hillary's is to the suburb and the amenity there. This is going to do the same thing Thing for Ocean Reef if it isn't already. Rental growth is 7.5% last year. There are only three dwellings on the market in Ocean Reef right now and it takes 12 days to sell a property in that suburb. Yes, it's a bit more expensive than most of the other suburbs I'm talking about today, but I believe that marina makes a massive difference to values and will continue to push it up going forward. East of Ocean Reef is Heathridge. Heathridge is a suburb that I've picked as a number one over the last couple of years. I still see growth coming out of that area too as a bit of a smoky, but we've already seen a substantial amount of growth in that Heathridge, Craigie, Belden, 
Padbury Warwick strip on the east side of Marmion Ave. I think it's time we see a bit more growth on the ocean again. Let's move to number four. And my pick for number four is the only one in the city of Quinana this year. It is Aurelia. Aurelia saw 18.6% growth. Its median house price is $415,000. And that is still well below replacement value for a full block in Aurelia with a new house being built on it. Therefore, property prices must still go up as long as there is constant demand. 10% rental growth that we saw in the year. It only takes five days sell a property in Aurelia and there are only three dwellings on the market in the whole suburb. It's not a small suburb. It is one that is still well undervalued for replacement value and is my pick in an area that will generally continue to see a lot of growth. The city of Quinana, city of Armidale, both being suburbs that are all well below replacement value. It is obviously the lower end of the scale on purpose. It doesn't offer the amenity that most suburbs do in Western Australia, but when it comes to putting a roof over your head, which is the number one priority in the market these days, Aurelia is one that demonstrates value number three for me and we're going to be very close to each other for the top three here this is all sitting around the value coming out of metronet going forward the train stations coming online it is naranda naranda has only seven dwellings on the market right now it takes 15 days to sell a property in naranda more discerning buyers at seven hundred thousand dollars for a median house price we've seen 12 percent rental growth the thing that's notable in Naranda is we only saw 4.5% growth last year. And I expect as the amenity increase comes on from the new Naranda train station coming in in the next year, we're going to see a lot more value, especially in the eastern part of Naranda. Mainly family homes, not a lot of subdivision potential or development potential in this suburb. But because of that, we see a lot of pressure from owner-occupiers. At $700,000, it's a suburb that really has a lot of beautiful large houses, some with views of the city. So that's my pick for number three is Naranda. Number two is a stalwart in my top 10. I see a lot of value still here and this will come out of Metronet again from the Bayswater train station and the Morley train station. The suburb is Morley. It saw 7% growth last year. You can buy a house in Morley in the mid to late 400s. You can buy a house in Morley up to a million dollars. It's a massive suburb. It's got 25 dwellings on the market right now, but don't let that put you off because it is still a small percentage of the amount of properties in the suburb in the first place. It saw 20% rental growth last year. It's median house prices at five. 594,000, so still very affordable for most of the houses. It only takes 10 days to sell a property in Morley. It's a suburb that is going to see massive benefits over the years to come with a great council that's quite progressive. With the Galleria going through the motions on moving towards its upgrade that will look like Carousel and Carina, but more importantly, gives that value that's going to come out of traversing to the city via the Bayswater Bridge or simply being on the train line. And that segues me into my number one pick for 2024 in Western Australia. I believe it will be Beachborough. Beachborough's median house price is only $498,000. It saw a 17% rental growth last year. It only takes a week to sell a property in Beachborough and it's benefited from 8.2% of sales growth last year. Beachborough is a suburb that not only has subdivision potential, it also benefits massively from the Naranda train station and what that means for the amenity there. Most of the properties in the suburb are of an 80s and 90s build. So they're all big double brick homes, four by twos, most of them, all on between 700 and 900 square meters. Great amenities in the suburb and people will be pushing into here as an alternative to Morley, Naranda, Bennett Springs and Dayton and Cavisham who are all seeing price growth sitting at median house prices above Beachborough these days. If you're looking for a renovator, looking to put a bit of sweat equity into Perth, Beachborough is a safe place to do it. It's a median house price sort of suburb and benefits from that. Guys, that's my top 10 for the year. I could have added another 20 to the list 
list, I expect Western Australia's price growth in 2024 to reflect one that is similar to 2023 when the fundamentals don't change, the outcome shouldn't change either. One of the things that will affect the propensity for price growth in 2024 is, is really just going to be interest rates. I don't see the supply side fixing. The demand side is not going to change much. The base of demand through population isn't going to change much. We have such a backlog of people looking to buy who are still stuck in the rental market or can't even get into the rental market in the first place. And therefore, if we don't expect much to change in that space, and the only thing that might change is a benefit to serviceability and confidence at some point through dropping interest rates in the second half of the year, this will be the only thing I think that modifies to a positive extent price growth in Western Australia. We still sit 30% below the price of Brisbane and our incomes are higher. We pay the same interest rates. There is absolutely no reason other than our own perception and confidence in our market why our prices aren't that of at least Brisbane's. We've seen it many times before. We've just spent the last decade not believing in, in where this market will go. Well, the writing's on the wall, guys. Supply doesn't drop to less than a third of what it was five years ago. Demand doesn't nearly double from what it was five years ago without the price of that asset increasing until that point in time where we are able to supply the demand in the market. Unless we see a significant drop in transactions per week going through 20 2024, which I doubt we will. There is no way but up for prices in Western Australia. Guys, thanks for coming back in 2024. I look forward to talking to you each week over the next year and reporting on how things are moving in our exciting property market. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!